this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. I am sick. I All right, let's try this. And we're back. Hi, this is Mike, Mike, and Oscar, and you are listening to a movie event podcast for the movie Good Boys. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also Mike. Also Mike here. We have gone back and forth on how many emails, how many Google documents, yeah. how many times have we promised you this new movie event format I like that not you make delivered. it seem like we're mature enough to email each other when really we just pretty much yell in each other's I faces. I email you. Nobody, it doesn't get <laughs> it's back. It's a one-way street. It's a one-way <laughs> ticket. And then I basically read my emails to you when you text me. <laughs> and you, you have your text messages somehow I don't well not when I'm with you. Yeah, I do computer. I do I do with you personally yes. so you'll text yes. me paragraphs yeah. and I'm like clicking on one and it's auto correcting and I can't get I get so frustrated texting yeah. you yeah. so this has been our last month and that is way <laughs> too weird of an intro uh, and I've hyped it up too much basically we're doing this goofy thing for a new movie event format it's streamlined it's fun and for once Mike it's friggin on brand we hope so we anyway think. and what we're doing is covering the movie good boys in this new movie of Event format. This has rooms Jacob Tremblay, his fellow child actors Keith L. Williams and Brady Noon. A ton of great comedians also have cameos. Will Forte is in this. Sam Richardson's in this. Michaela Watkins is in this. Lil Rel Howry is in this. Molly Gordon is in this. Uh, really a star-studded affair from Seth Rogen's production company. Great point there. But that's secondary almost to, like you said, we have a streamlined format that's on brand for oh, us. Oh, yeah. They, the audience just wants to hear us talk about the format. You'll, get to the, You'll get to the movie. It's not it's, important. It's the form. <laughs> Look, we're going to continue with the fundamentals. We like our movie reviews and how they flow, but we wanted to do something to kind of tie them together. With Oscar Sprint Profiles, we've been feeding it all through an Oscar lens. That metaphor doesn't work, or I've mixed metaphors because I'm hungry. Just push through. And then, okay. And <laughs> I told you this, this intro is going to take 10 minutes today and then the episode is going to go 12 <laughs> we're idiots mike oscar sprint profiles have a theme and we also wanted a theme for movie events uh we love to review all kinds of movies so what we're going to do is we're going to give it an award show format yeah the long build up i finally got there <laughs> Yeah, so since we are an awards podcast, and since we love making up award shows, that's how we cap off all of our major rewatch deep dive series mm -hmm. to celebrate our favorite genres and to culminate each year at what we call our biggest show of the year, the Mike Mike and Oscars what a Award great name show. For that show. Really thought long and hard about that. We wanted to give each movie event their own individual award show feel. Yeah, because we're a film appreciation podcast, because we love to do all those award shows in our own right, and we kind of cover award shows for most most of the year. It's kind of what we do. So here's what we're going to do, and you'll figure this out as, as, as we go, but I'll, I'll give you a brief description. Basically, Mike and I are going to go back and forth nominating this movie for awards. Fake awards, real awards... Mostly you know, fake awards. Mostly fake awards this time. <laughs> I think our brains came up Mo with fake Movie awards. events will probably, I would assume, mostly be fake awards. If we do a sci-fi award, sure. we can nominate a movie for Saturn's. If we do an animated sure. feature, we can nominate it for Annie. Sure. get serious down the line. And not to say that this movie isn't well done. We really liked it. Also but true. We're going to nominate it for a bunch of ridiculous awards. And it's going to be more like the, you know, the superlative shows that we do. And we have so much fun with. So I'm ready, Mike. You ready? Yeah, uh, just the only 
only other highlight, we are keeping our non-spoiler and spoiler format. You yeah. will have a spoiler warning coming to you. You'll have the spoiler section at the second half of this episode. That's going to stay true to life. So if you have not seen Good Boys yet, don't worry. The whole first half is going to be all spoiler free. And it's a means of setting you up to hopefully push you to go see this movie. Because like Mike said, this is something that we both found value in. And we do mm -hmm. think will be fun. So uh, I guess we'll get the ball rolling here, Mike. The first award of the night. What is it? The South Park Colorado Film Festival <laughs> nominates Good Boys for its Golden Trailer Award because it most seems like an episode of South Park brought to life, right? So on expectation, I, I absolutely agree this is worthy of that award. This Did this movie not have so much more heart than 99.99% of South Park episodes? A surprising amount of heart. And the transition into the more emotional speeches, mm -hmm. much smoother in this movie than <laughs> South Park. South now, they Park usually didn't end on a fart gag or something in this movie. Yeah, but Stan just gets like the uh, the music playing. You know what I learned today, guys? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is like a, the true-to-life South Park come to life. This has to be where the inspiration for this comes from. This is, like we said, Seth Rogen's production company. It was also helmed by Gene Stupinski, who did not only the Bad Teacher movie, but the following CBS show that came out of it. He also, his writing partner was there, who's the only other person with a writing credit, Lee Eisenberg. So this is in comedic hands. You would think they are of our generation. We were all raised on South Park. It's not hard to think of this concept. <laughs> I can't believe it worked in, in live action because the, the whole thing with South Park is you can have cartoon kids saying filthy things, but can you have real children saying filthy things? They've been getting younger and younger, these potty mouth people yes. on, on screen. And drug-taking people I, and, and sex-obsessed yeah. people. <laughs> I just listened to the making of Caddyshack and they had like this anecdote about the making of Animal House. Yeah. And they were like, we can't have all these drugs and this drinking God in forbid. a high school. God forbid. In a high school, right? we better set this in a college. <laughs> And now we set it in a middle school like, or a grammar school. We could do this in sixth grade, right? Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, I'm going to follow that up. My first award of the night. The Most Movie Comps in One Rotten Tomatoes Review Award. <laughs> I'm going to nominate Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian because here's a quote. It's a bad taste kids adventure that welds the spirit of the Goonies and Stranger Things <laughs> with super bad and book smart. That's four. That's a lot of pop culture references. It's in one blurb in the Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Stranger Things is only mentioned because, one, they're on bicycles, and two, the joke is made in the first part of this movie yeah, about you've it. you've seen it in the trailers. <laughs> right. So I think that's a little bit of a cheap shot, but I think that's pretty accurate, no? I, I do think it's accurate. I think this fits the genre of a party romp or a sex comedy right. that, that you always see. It's a, one of those road trip movies, a day-in-the-life road trip mm -hmm. movie, whether it's Sex Drive or even American Pie is, is what is that, a month? Anyway, you got a movie that basically most of it takes place in one day. Superbad took place in one day, and you just... you're getting crazy it's a road trip that goes 4.3 miles you know that, like, that's the exact kind of comp felt like they traveled so yeah. much further. it's so weird it's kind of showing you the weirdness though of like any old neighborhood and the little intricacies of growing up in this generation right mm -hmm. because when we were kids in this this age seventh sixth seventh grade we could go outside i remember vividly my mm -hmm. mother just yelling out the front door for me to come home from wherever the hell i may be 
She just hoped her voice would carry to me. And now you can't really do anything without superior adult supervision. Yeah. There's some of that. There's certainly some tight grasping parents in this, but it's, you know, it's 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 a homage kind of to a, a yesteryear as well. There were good parents in this movie yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. I, I love that because a lot of these teen sex comedies, the parent, you know, for, in the 80s, they're just a bunch of snarling idiots right. who just don't understand. <laughs> then you get the Will Smith song because he's writing a song about the, the 80s movies mm-hmm. and those parents are taking after the 80s movies in the 90s. <laughs> it, it's all cyclical people. Anyway, we have good parents in this. Will Forte, uh, you got Lorel Howery. They're all good parents. They are, and just some of the most unique parenting ever as well, on top of it. Except we're, for Atticus. We're Everybody gonna, else. Yes, <laughs> Atticus gets special mention. But he might be a great dad. He just gets, he got in a lot of trouble. He's not, you know. he's not on the right track. He's say that. Right track. All right, strangest Seth Rogen marketing of the year. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a yes. All right. Uh, and my last award, Mike, is the how the fuck didn't book smart make as much if not more than this movie will make because look i i really enjoyed this movie it's not quite as good as Booksmart, or Booksmart is just as good as this, if not a little better. So Booksmart only made $22 million off a $20 million budget. That failed. Good Boys has box office projections of $16 million this weekend. Yeah, and was also, it shares a $20 million budget, that number according to Variety. Which would you say is more reminiscent of that super bad feeling because super bad came out when we were both <laughs> much younger <laughs> a little older than the characters in super bad we were in college or just out of college but well being that beanie feldstein is kind of jonah hill's younger sister bit of a spitting image too yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, they both had their filthy language there's a ton of sex jokes uh, I would say Booksmart it's a little more Harold and Kumarish maybe. Oh, okay. Which is yeah, fun. Yeah, I could see that. Which is fun. Yeah. You know, this has, you know, Act 2 is a day in the life and then Act 3 is a nice little addendum and an epilogue which I really enjoyed. It's, so it's a different kind of movie I would say structurally. That okay. T- it's slightly different. I would say Booksmart fits the story structure and definitely the timeline much closer. Makes sense. And not to gloss over your previous award, but if you did not see the last marketing push for this movie, it was Seth Rogen talking to these three kids who are legitimately like 11 and 12 years old each, telling them all, look, you're just not old enough to see your own movie. <laughs> they interacted with every filthy thing in this movie. Yes. Though, right? Oh my there's God, There's no yes. way, there's no way that like that isn't more harmful Never to seen them. a bunch of 12-year-olds handle anal beads like this. So, Not nearly as disgusting as you think. Most kids in a movie theater with their bad parents award. So this is something you experienced firsthand and you're it's watching. Like, it was like five or six 11-year-old boys in the theater laughing second loudest to me, all, all five of them. I was laughing the loudest like an idiot. Did you ever go to the an R-rated movie with your mother? Did she ever get no. you in? No? Never happened? Never. Never, not even close. My mom was like really strict. She was strict. About, I never. I my mother w- would rent from Blockbuster. We'd watch at home. But mm-hmm. yeah, I never went to the theater with my mother. I, I went to the theater with other Gladiator, kids parents. Who Gladiator dropped us with off. my dad. Gladiator with my dad was like the first time. That's the closest you got. All right. Parent. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. You know, my mother at the age of ten, maybe like thirteen, I could have gotten away with seeing this, but like not <laughs> ten. Then again, she did bring me to see Wild Things when I was eleven. No, that's that's awkward. That ha- That was awkward. It was also by mistake, and it was totally the movie people's fault, uh, not hers. That was not the intent. She did not bring oh, me to the theater to see Wild Things. She brought me to the theater to see a Jackie Chan movie, and I had to see Wild Things because of extenuating circumstances. Yeah, I think you texted me and my brother about yeah, that like a month ago. I did. And you thought it was a really funny story. It is. But it wasn't a really How funny story. How dare you? 
And you're like, why aren't you guys laughing? It's not me my LOLs? fault. You don't understand. You were comedy. really upset that we didn't give you. It's LOLs a great story on the way back, and I'm glad we brought it up today on the podcast. Just the least fun. I story will get my laugh in a this. text message I've ever heard. It was the worst. It was if, if there was a text message that I could send back to you that was just wah wah wah, I would have. Mike, I don't think I've ever been to a rated R movie with my mother. I don't think I ever will. Is my guess. This has got to be an awkward one to see with a parent, especially if you're 11 years old. My lord, is there inappropriate stuff for an 11 year old? Never I was mind awkward these actual these kids' people, parents, yeah. not who in the audience, but Jacob Tremblay's mom and dad signing off on letting their child do this. The mom and the kid next to me, literally next next to me, shared like 15 moments. I'm looking over. This is like <laughs> they look like the happiest family in the world. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I guess times have changed. Times have changed. How about the we didn't care what the meta score was because we were. Gonna to see this anyway award right this, despite carrying an 80 percent, it was 82 percent on rotten tomatoes earlier this week only a 54 meta score meta rating for this movie going in right now kind of taking me by surprise i would think the critics would get it a little more but do we really care about absolutely not rotten tomato scores and meta scores for comedies especially not seth rogan comedies i would say and, and I, the way i've looked at comedies period it's like i will see a movie a movie will be funny and have 30 percent on the tomato meter i even watched the first like twenty minutes of the Will Ferrell John C. Riley oh, no. Sherlock Holmes movie. I didn't get through it. I'm gonna say there's probably a reason it was twenty minutes. Mike, there was a couple laughs, laughs right in the beginning. All right. So it might be funny. I don't know. It wasn't that bad. I don't care about critic scores for comedies. My my thesis there. Final award though, in this section. The I Can't Believe It had more jokes than what was in the trailers award. This was a big fear of ours going into this week. We're worried that, yeah, this was very funny. The trailers were very funny. The trailers were showing us all kinds of new content and new jokes. But are they really going to have enough to fill a 90-minute movie with stuff that we haven't seen from these trailers yet? Because there were three great trailers for this movie. And they had like 15 jokes yeah, each. They killed it. With maybe five recycled jokes. I totally thought they were in, we were in trouble because we were just going to basically see the trailer. And the trailer did something very clever, I noticed too. They kind of showed the movie in reverse because in the trailer, there's one scene where Emma Gordon's telling the kids to go look up Kissing Online. Mm -hmm. And that's when you see them in the trailer typing into porn. And that's when they. So you think that's kind of streamlined. Those scenes actually happen in reverse in the film. It's just a way of filling time for the trailer. Right. I thought that was very clever. This mar movie was marketed between. Between the trailer cut, between the Seth Rogen push, I thought very, very well. Maybe that'll explain why it does better than Booksmart, because it seems to have the numbers to suggest it's going to. I'm looking at Lee Eisenberg's filmography right now. There are more jokes in this movie, more jokes that work, than year one, bad teacher, bedazzled, yeah. combined. Yeah, he was a producer on The Office, so he, he succeeded with a lot of jokes right. there. But just looking at some of the movies he's made, and, and some of the movies Stepnitsky's made, uh, those guys, they did a terrific job. This this script must have went through a million drafts, because it was really, really tight. Very it, tight. It was, it was really strong. The most perfect portrayal of these three kids award. I thought Jacob Tremblay, Keith L. Williams, and Brady Noon, our three protagonists, this three-headed adolescent monster, each of them killed it. I want to believe they're really friends in well, real life. They seemed it, didn't they? They had to. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and how about a scene stealer as well, Mike? The scene stealer award's got to go to Lucas. That's Keith L. Williams. With a bullet. <laughs> he was the breakout star. Hilarious. Tremblay's already kind of a star. I will say that Brady Noon, that kid can sing, man, and he showcased... So they each had, I thought each kid did something spectacular for their mm -hmm. age, especially. Brady Noon's singing was amazing. Keith L. Williams' comedic timing was out of this world, I thought. Mm -hmm. And Jacob Tremblay, 
yes, he's already got kind of Oscar experience being in Room and being with alongside Brie Larson in that movie. Ha, has already gotten quite the resume for such a young actor, but he is astounding acting in this movie. Like, he's putting facial... When things are going most haywire and most crazy, the facial expressions he's coming up with, whether he's crying on the skate park sloops or he's trying to help his friend put his arm back together, you know, in the most yelling, screaming, his facial expressions are top-notch, especially for a kid this age. I was blown away by all three performances. Yeah, most kids this age, this is their first time in front of a camera, right? right? At at this age, they're super young. Tremblay's been doing it for how many films now? He's a veteran Mm -hmm. of, like, 10, 12 films, and the dude has got a repertoire. He's got all these yeah, faces really that he can make, and how much is, is he actually just having fun right. in this movie, too? Right. And actually, you know, and acting off of these these new buddies of his. I'm going to believe that they're friends. I would like to think line. so, yeah. yeah. Alright, funniest cameo, Mike. I'm going to say Will Forte. Yeah, this is the first one I would argue with. I would vote against your pick here because I would say Sam Richardson in this movie. Both have exceptional cameos. Will Forte is probably the proudest dad over something that he shouldn't be proud about. Or... <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Sam Richardson's probably the funniest cop since Superbad with less than two minutes of Look, we're not going to give anything away, but one deals heavily with children taking drugs and one deals heavily with child <laughs> masturbation. And they both pull them off and get hard laughs out of the no pun intended by god no uh, they both pull it off and get great laughs with their subject matter which is just a credit to their comedic acting and comedic chops you gave it away but it's funny all right Mike. <laughs> I'm, I'm tiptoeing <laughs> most f-bombs said in a tweens movie right yes <laughs> every other word is f and i thought it was it's not overdone because to me i remember being that age yeah and that's gonna be a big part of my spoiler review but it's just like i remember saying fuck and the f word every chance i could really because i when i was 10 11 i had to ask my parents if i could swear and then when i was like 12 i'm the big man on campus we're in sixth grade i run this school now because we're the highest grade oh my there God, is i'm so afraid right now yeah i was a <laughs> such a pissant little kid uh, but I like that. I thought yeah. it rang true. Yeah. And I, I would have been to the nerd and the other <laughs> side of the room that you you. Oh, let me, cla- no, let me clarify. I thought I ran the school. I was a loser. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was in my head, much like it is now. Like Jonah Hill from Superbad. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, my youngest sex comedy award. <laughs> the prize is immediate incarceration of the crew. When Jacob Tremblay opens the door in this scene to another cameo that we'll talk about Mm -hmm. and is wearing something. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. They're all holding... We gotta gotta get into spoilers. They're all holding and wearing things and we don't want to spoil it, but just the audacity of some of the comedic things attempted in this movie I thought were just perfect. So three more awards. You got the Secret Sauce Award. This is something we want to do going forward. Yeah, I'm going to try to, because I'm not the script writer of the duo here, and I don't really know how to focus on script things. You've sold as many screenplays as I have. <laughs> okay. Well, I certainly haven't had practice in writing them, but I'm taking it more from a layman's man's approach, and I'm trying to think about these scripts holistically as far as what makes them special and why we have such appeal to them. The Secret Sauce of this, to me, is certainly how... 
true to life, it makes you reflect on your own childhood. It is an R-rated movie. It is a true life South Park kind of take on things. And to me, it just rang true. There's so many moments and seminal moments in your childhood and adolescence. You are being treated like a kid still, and you think you know everything. You think you're ready to take on the world. You think drugs are bad for you. You know, you're still that drug dare, drug mindset. You're having kissing parties, which is a big part of this movie. Or maybe not specifically kissing parties, but I can remember having 12, 13-year-old parties in kids' basements. I love how they just called it a kissing party. It's a kissing party. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought the secret sauce of this movie, what makes it so appealing, yes, the comedy is one thing, but it also is, like I said, it has a lot of heart and it makes you reflect of your own version of Good Boys, which was your life when you were that age and you were one of these three characters growing up at different points. Yes, I totally agree. So final question here. This is a plaque that we give out at the end of each movie event. This is what this award Mm -hmm. is. It either is or it isn't. Is this a movie event, Mike? Is this worth our audience's time? Is it a must-see in theaters? Should it be a VOD buy later? Should it be something that folks wait for on you know, streaming or premium channels? How should they watch this? Uh, the where, to me, isn't as important as the who. Mm-hmm. You see this with friends. If you have a great relationship with a parent, or if you have a great relationship with a sibling, a close friend, see this with people, whether that's a packed theater and you go alone, just make sure you're around people because this is a very, very funny movie that I think is enhanced by other people's enjoyment of it. I love that. I love that answer. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers ahead! This is a spoiler warning. Spoilers. Spoilers. This is the spoiler section, and that's an old spoiler warning clip. I think it might be time to get a new one. I've been saying that for a while, but this time I mean it, damn it. Uh, (laughs) This is the spoiler section for the movie Good Boys, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. The award show for Good Boys, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. If you've not seen this movie yet, this is where you want to hit pause. Go out to your local theater. Go catch it. We'll be here waiting for you when you come back to hit play. If you've seen the movie already, if you just want to hear our takes on the spoilers, or if we've just hyped up the spoiler section so much for you in the non-spoiler section that you cannot possibly go another minute without finding out what happens, this is where you want to be. It's all spoilers all the time for Good Boys, the Good Boys Award Show. Brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Michael, where are we starting? Okay, one carryover kind of from the non-spoiler section. I think it's the best use of garage band sound effects in a movie. Oh, I don't know where you're going with this. Okay. These were funny. No, just I'm saying the sound effects. <laughs> just in general, just the all the sound effects? Like all those sound effects I've heard on our podcast, I think. <laughs> it's just funny. Like the music after every awkward scene, like the porn. Uh-huh. And they, <laughs> was, this, I thought the music was hilarious. The music was the, spot on. They felt like drops. They didn't feel like, you know, a score. That's a good point. They did add, and they had like the slow walk montage that yeah. they had the hard rap music playing over. Oh, they that had, happened a couple times. Yeah, they had a soundtrack in between scenes. I love those transitions but like it killed me it was almost like for you know for the gag you needed that sound absolutely and it it, it crushed me absolutely and it worked too i mean there's a scene you know to lay out the plot if you have if you haven't seen this and you're just here curious or if you have seen it 
basically this is a day in life this is a road trip movie essentially these three kids these three sixth graders mm -hmm. are trying to come to terms with being more grown up and more mature and they get invited to this kissing party the only way they can get there is if they replace their dad's drone which has been taken hostage <laughs> by their two neighbors who are nymphomaniacs yeah. they have sex on land and on water is the, one of the quotes from this movie that so they, was a smart way to tie it all together yeah. but then it kind of went off the rails for a couple different times. Oh, yeah. And the MacGuffin kind of changed. Like, they had to buy drugs and they had to do... Right. I, I, I like that as well. Right. I thought they, they had to make sure they got a beer, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. <It was> funny. <laughs> so, there was a lot of different hijinks and different tangents that these kids go on before they actually get to this kissing party, which is the big climax of, of Act 3 in this movie, basically. Yes. So, scene that would most make a grammar school teacher have a conniption. Ooh. I don't have choices here. I'm just... Let's, let's kind of think about the movie for a half a second. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have to pause, come up with a couple nominations. So having three 12-year-old boys try to reinsert their friend's arm into its socket because they yes, saw it on, it. on UFC, <laughs> I think that might be something. And that goes back to your sound effect thing, too. When they're throwing Lucas into the dumpster, and it turns out to be they're throwing him against his wrong arm, which is a big laugh, Yeah, that's, that hard impact of that he makes did make me laugh. So you're making a great point in the first half I there. love that that was the traumatic event that actually got him to tell his friends because he couldn't tell his friends that his parents told, told him point. he got a divorce. It's a good you know, point. getting a divorce. And he's finally like, nothing's gonna, nothing's right in the world, guys. My parents are getting a divorce. And I'm going to skip ahead because I, I, we just got into it. But the worst thing you can ever say to your best friend after he tells you that his parents just told him they're getting a divorce is, what he, what Brady Noon said. So what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Lucas having this big outpouring of emotion. My parents are getting a divorce. Nothing's going to be the same. I hate it. So, Thor's first response. God. So what'd you do? God damn it. That killed me. I laughed so loud. Me and those other five 11 year olds. I have an award that's a little off the wall. How about best lock in this movie? And I have a tie for my winners. Yeah. It's either the child proofed pill bottle yeah. or the giant dildo that kept Officer Sack locked in the convenience store. Oh, it's definitely the dildo. It stopped the police so? officer. Look, Sam Richardson. I'm not paying for this. I'm a cop. He just, he just tries to walk out with his coffee and makes know. a giant dildo that keeps him out of his way. How about the most low-key jokes in a movie for Sam Richardson? Like, he gets on the phone right after a kid does so something funny. weird. Oh, and and I, I just love that Keith L. Williams keeps having to tell everybody everything like he's just this, he just immediately he's the worst under interrogation he immediately tells everything that's my favorite thing i love that kid so much admits to having drugs immediately and we're then skipping school tries to justify it by saying he was on to us we're skipping all right i'll let you guys slide and then the, like the scene builds we're skipping and then we have drugs and the guy's like oh no yeah. and then the, we're skipping school till we're stealing a bottle of beer yeah. till we have drugs on in us in the middle of that scene He's, he's calling his wife saying, I'm not having, we're not having kids, honey. Like, I've decided I don't want kids. After a triple shift, he's like, well, you can just hang up, I guess. I mean, he just, he killed me. All right, most excruciating way to slide down a playground pole. Like Jacob Trenley, that hurt my hands remembering the feel. Oh, the, down and that sound that it made too yes. going down that pole. Yeah, I remember that too. That was a quick one. All right, script about little kids, most obviously written by 30 somethings. 
Because how many jokes about taxes? How many jokes about insurance? I mean, do, do you have insurance? I don't know. I think I only have a deductible. <laughs> so not only was it very funny and it was very adult, it was written for us, but this kind of plays into one of the running themes of the movie and the script as well is that this was a very socially conscious script. Healthcare and health yeah, insurance is such a big deal, especially in the political sphere right now. But there were so many different touches that these kids were apparently being raised by very socially conscious and politically correct people mm -hmm. because even when they're about to make out with this quote-unquote CPR doll, which yeah. is obviously a sex doll that they've been lied to about, Lucas said, has to stop Jacob Tremblay and like lean into him and be like, you have to get my consent. What do you like about me? Woo me a little bit. I like that. I, I thought it was, it's very adult. Mm. It's not at all for children. I don't know how the kids in your audience took it, but I like that. I th I thought it really fit and I, and they worked it in. It wasn't just like it wasn't just like preachy. You know, you, you see that it felt movie, natural. You see that in movies so much and it's just preachy, preachy, preachy. And it's right, but it doesn't fit in the, within the script. They made jokes out of it all. And I, I thought that really worked. Did it work too? Because this is just coming to me now. I'm just thinking about this. I don't know if, if it has any merit, but did it work? Because when you're that age, what's your worldview? I mean, your worldview is literally just still regurgitating things you hear your parents say hmm. to sound more grown up. <laughs> so it's why Annabelle and Thor are so screwed up. Right. <laughs> Thor's parents get it on the mother. Most, apparently, the most in the neighborhood. active people. <laughs> got all the toys and everything. I love the big role the sex toys play, not only with the dildo yeah. playing a lock, but the, the scene I referred to before, uh, where I think we have an award for best screen name coming up. Do you want to get to that now? Yeah, Mike. The funniest handle for a Stephen Merchant character ever. <laughs> Peter Pan 69. That whole interaction is golden. You look more like a pedophile than anyone I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Which is golden because he does, first of all. He, he does. They really made him up to look shady. He's got those thinnest goatee. <laughs> but they also answered the door. Sex toys play such a huge role in this movie throughout. They answer the door in all of Thor's parents' sex toys. <laughs> Lucas is holding a, dil oh, a giant dildo, dildo like a sword. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob Tremblay is wearing a gimp mask oh. with a holding a whip. Oh. Uh, I think one of them has the anal I think beads. You just got our podcast canceled <laughs> for live. I didn't our write this. Jacob Tremblay. I didn't write this script. <laughs> if anybody wants to get our podcast canceled forever. <laughs> It's two guys in a basement talking about J Jacob Tremblay and a gift, a gimp mask. It was a little disheartened. That Peter Pan sixty nine was taken. I'm Peter Pan seventy. No, we are done. I, I think it. I, I mean, the over the top humor and the crude right. humor, but they did walk a fine line because, like I said, keep saying there was a lot of heart and meaning behind. There was, all that. and I have best tonal shift uh, in a comedy in a while. You know, when they're in the girls' car, and the, you know, you're just laughing a mile a minute, and then one of the older girls start talking about how they're not really friends with anybody they were friends with when Gaining they were perspective, kids. perspective, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, we're only friends with uh, the kids we live nearby and the kids who our parents is, right. know, were friends with. So the, all those things in common. And the Beanbag Boys are like, well, good, that's not us. But yeah, we do live near each other and our parents are friends. <laughs> we're not us. We're best friends forever because we live near each other. That was fun. But then yeah. they, they realized it and they're like, oh, damn, we're dumbasses. So there are aspects of this coming of age kind of 
trope, this idea. This yeah. is a true coming of age movie, and it's handled pretty. I mean, it's not Lady Bird, yeah, but it's handled very well. That crying fight is also an emotional scene, it and is. It, it, it's funny because the kids are crying so hard while they're fighting and saying like the most cliched things yes. of one of these kind of movies, right? These movies always devolve into that argument where they're always just level one another yes. with the worst, meanest thing that they could say and cut to the core of each other. But they're doing this while they're having this crying fight and then they're all crying and then of course you know you get the line of the movie what the fuck are you looking at Gandalf <laughs> just some bearded guy walking or walking by him stopping to stare at the kids so that's now great. I will say uh, one of the issues I did have was probably my most awkward tonal shift yeah they go through all of these trial and tribulations. They finally get this coveted drone back landed perfectly on its on its pedestal after tearing up the entire house, and that's why Will Forte's character ended up grounding Jacob Tremblay because mm-hmm. that's his father. That incident is what sets off this big fight between the Beanbag Boys. I didn't think that was enough. After all they had just been through in that day together, the incident of Jacob Tremblay getting grounded on a phone call from his father is the only thing that sets off the disappointment and the anger. I didn't think that was enough based on what they'd already been through. I agree with you. However, it only lasts for like two hours. Right. (laughs) Where Keith Williams is like, oh, I've grown a lot in the last two hours. So, I mean, yes, like it's a big deal for the moment, and then it's not a big deal. Uh, So you're right and wrong at the same time. I don't know how that is. Fair enough. But we're kind of going to talk about a couple worse here. Uh, The highway crossing, to me, probably my worst scene in the movie, because kids are going to try this and actually die. I hope kids don't try this. God damn it. Don't let them try it. And then the WTF award coming out of this is that the CPR doll is the one that, you know, the kid got these cars into an accident, but Mm -hmm. then we're supposed to laugh that away because it was the sex doll that (laughs) that he just bought that flew out the front windshield. Which means Stephen Merchant, the implication being Stephen Merchant is in a horrible accident right now. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Having just impacted the car in front of him enough to project that sex doll out into the road, up through the windshield. Cars totaled. Insurance, I mean, just <laughs> decimated. It's, it's a nightmare. In that scene, not that this goes, you know, not that this mm. was a movie built on f- visual effects, but my worst visual effect award would go to the cars in that scene. Obviously, I wanted these kids to really be on a highway. Dam- no, I, that's not what I'm saying. But it right. was obvious that the cars weren't really there as the kids were crossing the highway. That got a little much to me. As someone who's dealt with car trouble for the last... <laughs> You know, for the, during the spring, that got me mad. And maybe that's my 30-something-year-old adult mind. You know, they should know better in California if that's where Stupniski and, and Eisenberg are writing this sucker. I also like that, as a true Californian, there was traffic immediately. Right. Like The first thing that it was there was traffic. That's why they got across that's the highway in the first That's a funny scene, too, yeah. especially when they start, like, you know, reminiscing, like, right when they're in between. Yeah. You know, that's good. Uh, worst Adults Award. I know there's a lot of good parenting. We commented on that in this movie. There's also some horrible, horrible school administrating going on. Because these three kids just decide to ditch the school day while they're in school. And then they just run out of school. And there's no comeuppance. You would expect there to be some sort of Ferris Bueller lift. I understand the kids are able to skip school. But these are still 12 and 11 year old kids. There should be an adult looking for them. I'm pretty sure they call your parents now. Like they did when I yeah when I yeah. was in school if absolutely in, in high school they still called my parents yeah they'll call your parents so 
Bonna, yeah, so Will Forte wouldn't be coming home to just... There should nothing. be some adult, right. whether it's the principal, a secretary in the school, one of these kids' parents. Yeah, so these are two real details, like a giant car crash <laughs> on the 405, right. and yeah, like the kids We understand their trouble. plot needs to be moving in a certain direction, right. but it's kind of a big deal if you're going to make a movie about 11-year-olds, there's some parental accountability. There needs to be some reality to the stakes, <laughs> but you know we forgive it because we're laughing like yes, crazy. True. Even the paintball gun scene which is just the worst timing for that scene uh, for obvious reasons it's a parody about something serious so, you should, you, you, I don't know can I tell you they something related to that. semi-related to that that yeah. was really awkward for me maybe this is going to most podunk movie award or worst cut of good boys hmm. my cut of good boys that I saw in my local theater one of the trailers at the front of it was still for The Hunt that's so bizarre. Isn't that weird? I mean, this is we're reviewing this Good yeah. Boys on August 15th. It's the national debut date. They couldn't have had this role. I mean, my my theater does not do early <laughs> early viewings and like special screenings and stuff. I know. That's so, why I don't want to go to your theater <laughs> so, ever. And you, you're like, oh, let's go to this theater. I all will the time. always go there. Oh, it's just God. me and the owner staring it's at each so other most small, times. And the popcorn is so crusty. But <laughs> It's bad pop, yeah. It's but you terrible. you didn't have the hunt. The hunt was not one of your previews at your show. No, of course not, because I had leather seats. I went to the big city fancy theater that, that was a little <laughs> further away, and I was happier. I just thought that was unique, not commenting on your mental state there. But I did love, I mean, I understand your, it is bad timing, it's awful timing, it's not yeah. the studio's fault. Right. I loved that scene in the frat house. They had so many jokes in that frat house. They'd be like, you can suck my D. You can suck my D. And then Keith Williams, what, what about am I me? Do, just sit here? I'm just going to fucking sit here? We do everything together. Uh, hilarious that Lucas screams every time. There's an air horn. And he back. He has somebody do a back body drop off him. Oh the the, the paintball Killer. gun leads to mayhem. Absolute mayhem going on. Oh, I seen you in my econ class. <laughs> After the kid was, he's like, you're the only one who could pass for a college kid. So all those yeah. jokes are kill, killing It's me. the biggest WTF shootout yeah. scene award for me. And it turns into this full-blown, all these frat boys against these three 11-year-olds. Uh, Lucas ends up back body dropping one guy through the beer pong table and immediately yells out, oh no, I just killed a man. Uh, meanwhile, Thor gets he's celebrating having uh max's back and then legitimately gets punched in the face by one of the frat guys so which one of these kids do you think is the most courageous is it max that's a good question I mean, max is pretty courageous i mean max walks right up to that girl ask her to kiss max him. i would say max is probably most courageous but lucas is probably the most okay with himself right like he's the he knows who he is most uh, he, he stood proud when he called for scab right you know he became friends with the scab he kids. made fun of the kids trying to make fun of him going upstairs and not participating in the kissing game at but the th end but then again brady noons literally getting on stage right performing you know what, what were they what musical was that rock of ages rock of ages with the pixie stick cocaine oh, oh my god beautiful I yeah. have that as my as as the best school play award. <laughs> that teacher should get arrested immediately. All right, so we kind of skipped ahead. We did a few awards already. So most girlfriends in a month goes to Max. Love but that. Too. I just think it's that's the one of the better montages I've seen in a while. I want to know what love is. It really spanned a long time. It looked like it spanned years, but it was only a month. One month. <laughs> One month while Max was grounded. Yeah. And by the way, during this month, he's going through three different girlfriends. <laughs> Ah, oh, Max, living the life. <laughs> All right, you, you have one final award, Mike. Yeah, this is a special one for me, and it's one that, that you have to build through context, but I have the Worst Childhood Award. Uh, 
easily going to Atticus in this movie, who is like the bully kind of of, of all right. the, the school and all the grade. And he's the one that kind of tries to put people in their place. But he gets fired back on so hard. It starts as a joke about about Thor wanting to burn him back, saying, we all know your dad has two DUIs and rides the train to work. But then we keep learning more about Atticus's upbringing. And it's just sad. It's, it's so like every sad. time he's on screen, don't listen to Atticus. His dad doesn't pay taxes. It's like his dad has gotten in trouble at town. Everybody knows your mom plays plagiarized that cookbook is like he's being raised by criminals <laughs> and they might be great parents they're right. probably great parents the kid's hair is well groomed he's got a really great haircut i mean it looks like he's having fun yeah, atticus is type of, he's the type of kid that yeah. gets visited by pennywise the clown in his upbringing That's right. <laughs> you know atticus will be visited by balloons all right so that was our first movie event to this new format mike but we're going to finish it like we finish every review with final thoughts final grades what do you got yeah uh one more award for the final grade segment best movie named good boys that i gave a hard b to i mean this is like an 85 86 all day for me it's exactly the movie i thought it was going to be right. purchasing a ticket for this that's not a bad thing sometimes that's, that's a really a good thing. thing lives up to the trailers the trailers yeah. are funny the movie is funny I I would totally agree with you. I'm gonna have a B plus eighty seven. I think this is right there with yeah. my other. You know, always be my maybe. It's right there with those other comedies that I've really enjoyed. Plus one, you know, totally different kinds of movies. But this is a genre comedy that really fits. What does it say about the youth of our nation? I think it says scary things. I think we should all be af- afraid. Let but- me tell you something about speaking of that. Yeah. I didn't have. I, I was not. I was a dweeb in, in school, so I didn't have my first drink until I was like sixteen. I knew kids that were getting drunk at like fourteen, fifteen. Right. When I was a substitute teacher in a past life, mm-hmm. I would sub for like fifth and sixth grade kids, and I was sitting in a in a dare classroom one day, and yeah. there was an actual police co- a cop from the town there teaching the class, mm-hmm. and she m- mentioned how she knows there's kids in this classroom that are having keg parties, and she spoke like specifically, Dear like God. she knew it was actually happening. So I'm like, I went to her afterwards. I'm like, these kids are 11 years old getting their hands on kegs. She goes, Oh yeah, we just busted one last week. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, no. So this has been happening, like. <laughs> The, the age of uh, rebelliousness and anarchists have been getting younger and younger, so I think this is all too true to life. And scarily enough, good boys may be too old for the types of the ages that these kids are starting to do these outlandish things. Be afraid, people. Be <laughs> afraid. But hopefully you like the movie event uh, format. It was uh, new and exciting for us, and we'll we'll get back to this as early as next week. This is the best we've got so far. Right. <laughs> But we're going to do Ready or Not next week. That was a movie that, that we really loved. The Are we sure that's going to be shown? There's a gun in that. I don't know. You know? I mean, I think I don't think we were we allowed to We are planning guns. to do that movie. It'll be out. I think I think it's coming out. I already seen it on Fandango. It'll be out. Yeah, yeah. It was, we're going to. Yeah. Unless our president wants to whine. Anyway, that's our movie event format. Uh, glad you guys could check it out. We want to know, obviously, your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about Good Boy. What do you personally give it uh, the grade of? And what was your biggest laugh out loud moment? What is you, If you had an award that you can give out that we didn't touch on, make sure you bring that to our forefront, too. We want to kind of highlight those as we go along on your end and what you give us. Uh, you can reach out to us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available everywhere you hear podcasts which includes 
Apple Podcasts. You guys have been leaving some awesome comments. You've been yes, hitting those, you. those five-star reviews for us. We still do need more, so if you can just take two seconds out of your day, go to your Apple Podcasts or your podcast app on your iPhone, hit the search, type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar, click on our logo, and just scroll down a couple times. You will be able to leave a five-star review. If you can do that for us, we would really, truly appreciate Definitely. it. Thank you, each and every one of you who has so far. Michael, what is in the pipeline, and what do we have for words of wisdom, something hopefully not involving a 11-year-olds and sex toys. Well, the words of wisdom are, it's easy because it's what stuck out from the movie. Two taco nights, that's a good thing, Lucas. That's a good thing. You're getting two taco nights now. That's you fun. and LeBron James yeah. are the most happy about that. Well, what's coming up next? We got our Oscar race checkpoint with a ton of new Oscar race trailers. We got Tarantino back in the news, swirling sure do. Bruce Lee thing, and a bunch of other stories to talk about. I think we may give a try at one of the new segments that we've been workshopping, but those are coming too in a future Oscar race checkpoint episode. And MMOW is already filling up. Uh, other than that, Ready or Not is going to be our new movie for next week. And, Mike, we just kicked off the uh, Joker character study. <laughs> the, the, you played me a, a terrifying theme song. So just you FYI. You said folks, you wanted carnival music. It is a terrifying <laughs> theme song. And I hope you're, you know, uh, just, just you made your peace with God before you listen to that. <laughs> I think you're hyping it up a little too much, but I appreciate the oh, notion. freaked me the F out. It just did. Look, guys, we're, we're innovating. We're trying to innovate anyway. We're trying to come up with new stuff, trying mm-hmm. to get you more involved. As always, our focus is on making things enjoyable for you. And we know uh, we do put out a lot of content. Four episodes a week is a lot to handle. That's why we want to make it very, very clear. Each of these episodes we put out belong in their own individual separate playlists yes. on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com backslash Mike, Mike and Oscar backslash sets. If you go to that link, you will see every episode we have ever done in its rightful playlist. So we know it can get a little lot. We know your feet can get bogged down. That's not our intent. We're mm-hmm. trying to keep things separate and as, as easy to follow as possible. And also we don't want you to miss out because we do cover a lot of news as well as a lot of reviews and we do it all audibly yeah. right now. And we got topics for everybody. I mean, that's the idea. We knew doing a ton of content was ba- basically people were going to pick and choose. So yeah, pick and choose what you want. Mike, Mike and Oscar slash sets off of soundcloud.com or just go to Mike, Mike and Oscar, our homepage there Click the playlist tab. That's where you'll find it. Mike, we're going to do Cesar Romero's Joker next week. Look, legitimately, I can't wait to cover that. I've never seen the original movie. I know, I know, no pun intended, it's a batshit portrayal. It's batshit. But I'm excited. I watched a bunch of YouTube clips last night. I... I'm freaked out because it is Looney Tunes. <laughs> well, we'll start soft. We'll start with the most non-lethal Joker, right. and we'll work our way up there. Guys, uh, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar. When reality sucks, you can come watch movies of any kind with us. We are trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. Hope you enjoyed the new format. Looking forward to your comments on it. We'll see you soon. See ya. Live to shoot another day. Another day.